we're we're at the uh, the next stage. We're going to jump right in, or not the next stage. We're still on the uh, the the first stage of home building, but we're in the next section. Uh, <clears throat> we dealt last week with the laundry room. Uh, just to catch you up, if you have missed any, of course you can go online and get them. Uh, but if you have missed any, five stages of home building. Uh, the first stage, that's the preliminary stage before anything is uh, bought, purchased, uh, built, uh, uh, any foundational brick is laid. Uh, we are going to go through the first stage, and that is develop a plan, determine the prints, and demolish the parcel. We've got to get ready for what we want. We've got to be prepared for what we want. Uh, put some time into it. Uh, if you're in the middle of your Christian life, it's never too late to start uh, and make. Uh, how many of you know that not only do people build houses, but they also do what? They renovate houses. You can make the house you live in what you always wanted it to be uh, if you have enough time and enough money. Well, thankfully this evening, uh, money is not what you need to build a spiritual home. It will cost you something, but it won't be in money. Uh, but you have what you need. Uh, God's, God's got all the riches in heaven uh, at your disposal, uh, spiritually speaking, uh, that he's willing to give you uh, all that you need to do what it is you need to do. So you can renovate. Uh, you can change things tonight. You don't have to wait till you get home. You don't have to wait till next year. You don't have to wait till your kids are older. Tonight, you can change things. Uh, tonight, you may need to change things. If you do uh, need to, then make the renovation necessary tonight. Uh, you can do that. Go ahead and, and develop a plan, uh, determine the prints, demolish the parcel, get things ready. Uh, this is what we're going to do. And by the grace of God, we're going to put this into practice. And as we put this into practice, we're going to uh, see what God does. Uh, then the next stage is the foundation stage. Uh, we've got a solid foundation to build upon. The wise man built his house upon a rock. Uh, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The winds came, the waters came, the floods came. The foolish man's house was, was, was washed out. Uh, <clears throat> it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week or next month, but a storm is coming. And when that storm comes, if you don't have something solid, it's going to wash it out. Uh, I've got nearly a mile-long driveway, uh, and every year this time of year comes. Every year. Uh, it has not failed. Every year the rainy season comes, and my driveway that is wonderful in the summertime gets terrible in the wintertime. Every year I know you need to go ahead and get ready, get some rock, put it down, and I wait until the water's come till the, till the ground is saturated with water and you can't hardly drive through the bad spot and then I go buy gravel uh, at a premium price uh, that I wouldn't have paid if I'd have just done it in the, in the beginning uh, and, and, and it's kind of that way the storm is coming uh, make sure you're building on a solid foundation that's the foundation stage we'll get to that <clears throat> then there's the framing stage there's the um, uh, oh goodness, what was the next one? There's the finishing stage and then there's the front porch stage. Uh, and those are the five stages as I have labeled them as the Lord gave it to me uh, in building a home. 
again, I am no authority on the matter. Uh, I'm taking everything out of the Bible unless it's opinion. If it's an opinion, I'll give it to you. It may be right, may not be, uh, but it's at least worth listening to. Uh, other people's opinions are worth listening to. <coughs> it won't hurt you <coughs> to listen to somebody, maybe even younger than you, uh, give their opinion. They might be right. You might be doing it the wrong way. Don't be so proud that you stick with your wrong thing uh, because the only alternative is admitting that it was wrong. <clears throat> uh, don't, don't be so proud that, well, I couldn't change that now because then I'd have to admit it was wrong. Uh, just admit it was wrong, bite the bullet, admit it was wrong, uh, and make it right, make it right, make it right. Uh, let, God, let God do something in your life. Uh, and, and if it's hard to admit it, let it be hard. Let that be a part of the cost. Uh, I have had to pay the cost from lessons learned the hard way uh, and so have you uh, and so learn something. Listen to people. Uh, learn something from people. Uh, learn, learn something from people that are beyond you. <clears throat> learn something from people that are beyond you. They've lived longer than you. They're beyond you. Learn something from people that are beside you. They're doing what you're doing right now. You can learn from people that are beyond you. You can learn from people that are beside you. And learn from people that are behind you. There's people coming behind you and they don't have the life experience that you have. They do not have the years that you have. But God can speak to them as well. And God may have spoke to them about an issue in their life that will benefit you at the point in time that you are in your life. Be willing to learn from people beyond you, beside you, and behind you. See, that's wisdom. And we need wisdom in this hour we live in. Well, I mean, we need it bad. Uh, uh, we, 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 are, uh, we are struggling uh, in, in our generation. Uh, we are struggling deeply in the area of wisdom. Everybody has knowledge. Everybody knows something about something. And knowledge is a good thing. It's a good thing to get knowledge. It's a good thing to have knowledge. And if you have the ability, go get knowledge. But here's where knowledge and wisdom are different. Uh, Knowledge is knowing something. Well, I know this. And what you know may be beneficial or it may not be. It may be pointless knowledge that you have and it's really only good for you if you're on a, a game show quiz. That may be the only time that knowledge is relevant in your life. Get knowledge... But here's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is you taking what you know and applying it. And there's a whole lot of people who know a lot of things, but they don't have the wisdom to make the application in their life to themselves. I know that if I, I know, if I drive 120 miles an hour everywhere I go, uh, experience tells me, history tells me, my surroundings tell me, There's going to come a day if I make a pattern of driving 120 miles an hour everywhere I go, there's going to come a day when I'm going to lose control. There's going to come a day when a deer's going to cross the road in front of me. There's going to come a day I'm going to top a hill and there's going to be a slow-moving car and I'm not going to be able to stop. See, that's knowledge. I know that. I know that. You know that. But, But wisdom is when I dial down the speedometer to, to, uh, to make up for that knowledge and realize that if that day is coming, I want to apply the knowledge I have to my life 
and drive accordingly so that I don't do what I know is going to end up happening if, if I continue down the route I'm on. See, that's wisdom. You can talk all day long about what you know. You can, you can tell everybody about what you know and people love to tell what they know. But my question is, is are you applying what you know? Are you applying what it is that you have knowledge of? And see, that's wisdom. And our generation needs wisdom. Our young people need wisdom. Our homes need wisdom. Our mothers and fathers need wisdom. And you can talk about what you know ought to be done, but the question is, is are you doing it? And you can talk about what you know other parents ought to do and other spouses ought to do, but the question is, do you do that at your house? So that's wisdom. Knowledge is good, but knowledge puffeth up. Bible said. But the application of knowledge, which is wisdom, will take what you know, apply it to your life, and change your surroundings. And that's what we need. It's what our homes need. It's what our men need. Our ladies need. It's what our children need. They need people that don't just know something. They need people that know something and apply it. Uh, what good is it for you to, and it's a good thing, don't, I, I shouldn't say that, but, but how much less good is it for you to know uh, how to quote a hundred Bible verses and never apply it. Whereas one fellow maybe only knows one, but he's applied the one he knows. He's in better shape than you are, and you know a hundred. But you've never made application. Uh, get wisdom uh, uh, and apply, or get knowledge and apply it. That's wisdom. And we need wisdom on how to build our home Learn from people beside you. Learn from people behind you. Learn from people beyond you. And that, that is very, um, that is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, that, that, is, uh, that is very uh, humbling. Uh, if you are of a proud stature, and we all have pride uh, in one way or another, when you think someone is behind you, you know how silly we get? We become proud over the fact that we've been saved longer than somebody else. Be honest. Oh, I've been saved longer than they have. Uh, we, we, what, 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 where, where is their pride in that? Huh? Uh, we're, 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 oh, oh, they, I've been here longer than they did. Why, why are they doing that? Uh, they're behind me. All right, and sit down and listen to them. And maybe God will teach you something from somebody behind you. Maybe God will teach you something from somebody. Well, I don't know who they think they are. They're in the same boat I am. Well, thank God you got somebody in the boat with you. Listen to them. They might not have that bad of an idea. Gain wisdom. Gain knowledge and apply it. Get it from people. And by all means... Let's not be a generation that does not listen to people beyond us. If somebody has lived a little while, I know one thing, they have experience. See, you can, you can be 75 years old and not have a whole lot of wisdom, but you have a whole lot of knowledge. Because you get knowledge by experience. You get knowledge by learning. And you get knowledge by making mistakes. And you may never have the wisdom to not repeat that same mistake again. But you can at least tell somebody else, hey, that's not going to go well for you. Don't be so proud that you don't listen. And our generation does not listen to people beyond them. They think if they're not hanging out with them right beside them, then they've got nothing relevant to say. That's, 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 uh, that, that's insanity. Uh, they have lived. 
Uh, they have lived longer than you. Experience has taught them many things the hard way. Uh, so take what has been taught to them and learn from it. Are y'all are y'all hearing me tonight? Uh, all right, let's 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 move on to the the next room. The last room we dealt with last week was the laundry room. Tonight, let's look at the bathroom. Again, we are developing a plan. We're going to build a house. We're going to want some rooms in our house. We're going to want a we're going to want a. Uh, uh, a living room, right? We're going to want a, a living room where we can all come in. That's the room for fellowship and fun. We're going to want a, a master bedroom. That's the parents' room. That's where uh, finances are discussed. That's where uh, marital relations are uh, developed. That's where uh, that's where fights take place. That's where uh, friendship is cultivated uh, in that room. We we need that room. Somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to be in charge. Uh, somebody's got to be the leader in the home. Uh, let's, let's take the Bible and let's let the husband be the head of the home and let's let his wife stand beside him and help him and encourage him and support him while he supports her and let's give, if we have the ability to, our children the best that we can. And if we're lacking, uh, maybe it's a single parent home, uh, then, then do the very best you can to put into their life, listen to me, to put into their life people that make up what you can't be. If you are a single father uh, and, 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 and you're, you have a little girl and she needs a mother, uh, find some church lady in the church and help connect them so that little girl can get some nurturing that she needs and desires and love and some help uh, because, because they need that. Uh, if it's not an ideal situation, make it as ideal as possible. Uh, if you are a single mother and you're raising up children uh, and those children uh, do not have a father in their life, well, that's the situation that it is. And you're gonna have to live with that, but put them boys and girls, especially young boys, put them around a godly man in your family and let that godly man influence them. Let that godly man teach them to fish, to bait a hook, to carry a pocket knife, and teach them things that you can't teach them. And don't, don't expect that, well, I, I, I can teach them all of that. You can't, you, can't, you can't take the place of a male influence or on the other side, uh, 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 men, you can't take the place of a feminine influence in their life. I don't care how much you let them curl your hair because you, and that's wonderful if you got a little daughter and you let her play with your hair and your daddy and all that, but, but that, that little girl needs a dad or that little girl needs a mother. And if that's, if that's not the case, there's people in the church, there's people in your family. If there's nobody in your family, thank God. Aren't you glad this evening for a church where there are people that make up the gap? We, we moved down here, um, uh, I moved down here 17, 18 years ago. I don't remember now. I've been at the church 15 years. Both of my boys were born here. Uh, they, they, they have grandparents back home. They never see them, hardly ever. Uh, they're four hours from home, but we have people in our church who have adopted them as their grandparents. They buy them gifts, they take them out to eat, they do things. Uh, God will use the church to fill the gap in your life. What, what you're missing in your home, what you're missing in your life, God has a church full of people that help fill that gap. Uh, my, my kids have uncles 
They literally have uncles, Daniel and Seth, but they have men that they look at like kin. They have ladies that they look at like kin in our church. Uh, and, and, and the church is vitally important. Uh, so so uh, anyways, the next room was the, the laundry room. Uh, that was the room for, um, uh, for, what was that the room for? I can't remember. Forgiveness, thank you. Uh, those dirty clothes need to be made clean. Don't make people, again, I want to say it, don't make people wear uh, yesterday's clothes. Let them get it clean. Let them get it right. Let, let's address the issue. Do that with your children. If you've got to set up till midnight to get the issue dealt with, get the issue dealt with. Get it out in the open. Uh, if you don't get it out in the open, it can't be dealt with. Don't, 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 don't sweep it under the rug and say, well, we're just not going to deal with this. Uh, take the time to deal with it as costly as that might be so it can be cleansed, it can be forgiven, and it can be moved beyond. Uh, all right, let's look at the next room tonight. Uh, what kind of bathroom will be in your home? Uh, the bathroom. Now, I guess this could be kind of comical, you know. You've got to be careful you're dealing with the restroom. Uh, lots of puns and jokes could be made. That's not what I'm intending to do tonight. But I do want to relate uh, the bathroom. Every home has one. Uh, it is the place I've labeled it this way. It is the room for flushing and fixing. If the laundry room is the place for our dirty garments, then the bathroom is the place for our dirty bodies. Uh, <clears throat> thank God for drains, whether in the toilet, the tub, or the sink. They all lead out, out of our lives for good. Uh, and uh, it is so it is in our Christian home. Sometimes we allow things in that do not belong. Things we need cleansed of and separated from. Sometimes we don't realize the filth we have accumulated in our hearts, in our minds, in our home. Thank God the word of God is like a mirror. It shows us what needs to be fixed, but is also a sink slash shower. It allows us to wash and be made clean. Uh, the bathroom in your, in your home is where you go to take uh, the filth that you've accumulated uh, and, and wash it, make it clean, and send it out of your life. Uh, here's the thing about that. You'll have to go back tomorrow. And you'll have to go back maybe even today. You may have been there this morning, but maybe you'll have to go back there tonight. You'll have to go back there the next day and the next day and the next day. And it is a constant battle keeping yourself clean from everything that's trying to contaminate you. Uh, I, uh, I have experienced in raising children. Children don't realize they need a bath. If you leave it up to them, they will never be dirty and they will never need a bath. Uh, I'm going to tell on some of our children and I say ours some, the boys went camping uh, and I, I was out there picking on them and I said alright boys let me talk to you okay number one don't be stupid they all looked at me and laughed come to find out they broke rule number one about five minutes after they got there they all jumped in the water uh, at Clarks Hill Lake uh, Brother Seth said, he said, before I could even, I didn't even know they were all in the water. Uh, one of my boys said, well, Daddy, I wasn't that bad. I only got halfway in. 
Oh, okay. Well, congratulations, son. You're halfway to stupid. Uh, it's wintertime. It's February. Uh, they, I, so that was rule number one. They broke it. Don't, don't get in the water. Or I didn't say don't get in the water. I thought that was a given. I didn't even think I had to address that. Don't get in the water. Uh, but they did. But I said, boys, don't be stupid. I said, uh, boys, be responsible. I said, I have gone to trips with y'all. We've taken y'all to Disney. We've taken y'all to uh, Bible camp. We've taken y'all to youth meetings. Every one of you loses your socks and other garments. I said, uh, take care of your stuff. Don't make mom and dad have to go buy something new because you're so irresponsible you can't keep up with it. Uh, it's wet. Keep your stuff out of the mud. Now, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, brush your teeth. And three of them looked at me. You didn't bring your toothbrush, did you? Oh, man, I knew I was forgetting something. Well, it's a good, only, a, only a night, they said. We'll be back the next day. Uh, you have to help them with that for a long time, most of them. Brush your teeth, comb your hair, get a bath. Have you had a bath today? No. Do you know when the last time you had a bath was? Uh, what's today? Sunday? Uh, Sunday. Last Sunday. No, get a, you have to help them. You have to help them. They have to have help. Uh, Mom and Daddy, uh, let, me, let me just, here, here's some opinion, and it's pretty strong opinion. Make sure they get one every day. If not every day, at least every other day, please, for the sake of people who have to be around them, make sure they get a bath. And don't just make sure they go in there. Make sure they go in there and get clean. Because they'll go in there and stand in the water, but they need soap. We got a Christian school. I want to tell you again, they need soap. They need soap and a rag. A rag. Or a loofah. I appreciate the loofah. Uh, they, 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 they need soap and a rag. They need shampoo. Uh, make sure they got that. If, if you bought a shampoo bottle and it's not touched, they might be in there, but they're standing in the water. Uh, you you got to help them every day. They, they need a bath every day. If not, they become contaminated. They become dirty. Here, here's, a, here's another pet peeve of mine. Uh, uh, and, and it's not because I'm a germaphobe. It's not because, uh, and I'm not, uh, it, it's not because uh, I think everyone's disgusting, but, but most people are pretty disgusting whether they mean to be or not. We just touch a lot of stuff. And we shake hands, and I'm for that, but we touch doors and doorknobs and, 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 and all of that stuff. I, we went to the Mexican restaurant today, and I, I went to the restroom just to wash my hands. I went in there and washed my hands, and, 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 and I wasn't thinking. I got the paper towel, dried my hands off, and, and I unlocked the door. And then the thought occurred to me. It occurred to me, you're about to eat potato, or you're about to eat tortilla chips with the hand that you just unlocked the door. You just undid what you just did. And so I unlocked the door, opened the door just a smidge, and then turned the water back on, washed my hands, and pushed it open with my elbows. Because they, so many hands have touched that doorknob. And I'm about to eat chips, and I'm not a germaphobe. I, germaphobe, I just don't want to be nasty. Uh... Now, that's a pet peeve of mine, I guess, but teach them to wash their hands. Hey, you're about to eat. Did you wash your hands? No. They'll never wash their hands if you don't teach them. One out of ten kids will, will just be a little off 
and they'll do it on their own. I say off, but that's, you know, they're not a part of the crowd. Uh, teach them to do that. But oh, let's talk tonight for a minute about us. If, if, if being in this world and touching doorknobs and shaking hands and, and, and opening doors and, and using ink pens and keypads at the gas station contaminates you and you need a bath from what you bring in, then what do you think you need spiritually every day? Every day. What about not the stuff that you bring in by touching it and by being around it? What about the stuff that you produce? I know none of us think, you know, uh, I, all my contamination comes from everybody else. Remember when COVID was a big thing, everybody thought you could get COVID from everybody else, but nobody thought that they could produce COVID. Where'd you get COVID from? Oh, I don't know, but so-and-so come to church. I think they had it. Do you ever think it might have been you that brought it? I mean, it wasn't me, but it might have been you. I'm kidding. Uh, you work all day long. You sweat. You get greasy. You get dirty from your own body. You, 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 uh, you need a bath. You need a bath. Sometimes grown-ups need a bath. Sometimes you have to help grown-ups with that stuff because people don't always grow out of it. Marriage will help people sometimes. Something smells in here and it's not me, says wives often. Especially when you first get married. They're nice at first and they're like, I love you, but you stink. You worked all day, you need to go get a bath. Uh, from stuff that comes from the outside, from stuff that comes within, you need a bath. Have you ever stopped to think you need a shower every day because of the contaminations that you have produced and received that maybe spiritually it don't take long being out there and you're contaminated and even if you're not out there there's stuff in you that's contaminating you and you need a bath not because you need to get saved again I, I, I talked to a gentleman this morning after church we were talking about salvation and uh, he said I, I have I came to Jesus years ago. He said, I asked him to save me. I believe he did, but I needed to do it again. I said, uh, no, sir. I said, you don't have to do it again. I said, Jesus died for you one time, and he saved you one time. I said, what you need is for God to cleanse your life so you can have fellowship with him. If you genuinely come to God and trust Him as your Savior, you don't have to get saved again. Otherwise, you'd have to get saved every day, every moment, over and over and over again. I said, but what you need is, is, is fellowship restored so that, you can, so that you can fellowship with God. And I said, you take your, 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 your parent. And I said, you have a parent and... And that parent loves you. And I said, you were born one time and you didn't have to be born again. And if you messed up against that parent, you didn't have to be born again by that parent to fix what was wrong. I said, that parent loves you. But I said, if you live against their will, you will cause an odd. You will cause a disagreement. You will cause an issue between the two of you. And what will fix it is, is getting it clean. 
getting it right. And I said, that's what God wants to do for you. And I'm going to tell you tonight, that's what God needs to do for me and you. That's what we need to do is get cleansing. Uh, the bathroom, there's two things in the bathroom. There's a mirror and there's a sink or a shower. And when you go in there, you can see what's wrong and you can address it. You, you, you didn't know, ladies, but you had mascara smudged all day long and you have no real friends. Nobody told you. Uh, you didn't know, men, that you had grease underneath your ear from that uh, breaks you changed earlier and nobody, they just looked at you all day long with the grease underneath your ear. You, you didn't know that. But you know what? You got a mirror and you went in there and you looked in the mirror and the mirror revealed to you the flaw and then you were able to get in the sink or the shower and clean that, address that. Make, see, 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 if you never look in the mirror, you didn't know your hair was that greasy. If you didn't look in the mirror, you didn't know that you were that filthy. But you took a look in the mirror and said, man, have I looked like this all day? You saw what other people were seeing. You saw what God saw. You saw what your spouse sees. You saw what your children see. You saw what your co-workers have looked at all day long and you never knew until you looked in the mirror. And I'm going to tell you what will bring revival in your home and in your heart is for you to go off into the mirror of the Word of God and look in the Word of God and see what everybody else has to see. See what everybody else has been looking at and was afraid to talk to you about. See what the people you go to church with have been seeing. Because it's been so long since you looked at yourself in the mirror of the Word of God. You know what we like to do with the Bible? We like to look for others in the Bible. We like to look at the Bible and find our spouse. We like to look at the Bible and find our children. We like to look at the Bible and find our church people that we fellowship with. We like to look at the Bible and find our coworker that's our enemy or, 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 or our, our neighbor that we dislike and find them. My enemy shall not triumph against me. And we find them. But if you, how long has it been since you looked in the mirror of the word of God at you and said, is this what they have to deal with? Is this what they've been looking Is this what my children have been looking at? Is this what my wife or my, in the case of the ladies, my husband has been looking at? I'm a mess. And oh, thank God, in that bathroom, there's not just a mirror to reveal us, but there is a sink or a shower to wash us and make us clean. Aren't you glad in the Word of God tonight, it is not just a mirror that shows you your faults and your imperfections, but it is a cleansing agent that will wash you and make you clean? Uh, in, in Exodus uh, uh, in Exodus chapter, and, and I've got several things I want to give you tonight. I'm, I'm hurrying just to get done with this one, but in Exodus chapter number 38, you can go home and read it. Uh, it starts in verse number eight. There is, uh, there is uh, details given about the building of the tabernacle, the place where God was going to meet with man. There was the outer court, the inner court. There was the holy of holies, the holy place where the uh, where the uh, uh, the Shekinah glory of God come down on that altar. But, but before you ever got to that holy place, you would come into the outer tabernacle and there was 
there was, uh, I, I think it's Exodus chapter 40, says between the tent of the congregation and the altar. There was the, there was the outer uh, tent of the congregation and then there was the brazen, or, or there was the laver and then the brazen altar. The brazen altar was where sacrifice was made. But the laver was a place where the priests and the people of God would wash themselves. Uh, Isaiah chapter number uh, 38, uh, or not Isaiah, uh, Exodus chapter number 38 tells us uh, that it was made, uh, it was a sink, and it was made out of brass and looking glass. The women brought to the tabernacle the looking glass, the mirror, and they made that altar out of glass, uh, looking glass, and brass. And that altar, you could literally look, or I'm not sorry, not the altar, the laver. You could look at yourself, the priest could, and could see the deformities and the infirmities and then could dip in that water and make clean. It was a picture of the Word of God. It is the Word of God that you'll come by before you ever get to the altar of God. It is the Word of God that, that it's the Word of God that convicts us. It's the Word of God that reveals. How did you know you were a sinner? Somebody took the word of God and said, Thou shalt not. How did you know you were a sinner? The Bible said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, the Bible reveals to you and I our sin, and then the Bible reveals to you and I a way to make it clean. Now that happened when you got saved, but how long has it been? How long has it been since it happened since you've been saved? If you don't visit, and, and forgive me for the crude illustration, but if you don't visit the spiritual restroom, the place for freshening up, for flushing out things down the drain, for fixing things in your life, you will be so contaminated. You'll contaminate everybody in your home. And you will be so vile and you'll never see what everybody else is looking at. Uh, it's the word of God. You need it daily in your life. If you're a mother this, this evening, you need to go to the word of God and look for you. <clears throat> if, and not just look for you so you can figure out how to deal with all these problem people in your life. But look for you to figure out how you can deal with the problem person that you are. You, you, if you're a father or a husband, you, you don't need to just go to look how to deal with the people you work with. I need to get me some wisdom so I can deal with these people. You need to go so you can look and see how to deal with you. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Um, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you an illustration. You remember David's great sin of adultery and murder uh, in 2 Samuel. Saw Bathsheba bathing on the, on the rooftop. It was a time when kings went to battle. He should have been in battle. He stayed back. He saw Bathsheba. Uh, he sent for her. Um, he committed adultery with her. Uh, when when, when it, he found out, and, and be sure your sin will find you out, when he found out that she was with child, 
Uh, he tried to bring her husband Uriah home for a leave of absence from military combat and Uriah said, I'm not going to go in to my home when my brothers are out here dying in the battlefield. I'm not going to do it. His plan backfired on him and so he began to cover up his tracks. There he should have made it right, but he didn't. He began to cover up his tracks. And it compiled on him until the point where he put Uriah on the front line of the battle. And Uriah died at the hand of David. David has now committed adultery and murder. Uh, David is in a bad place. And he's hiding and he's running and he's covering his tracks. Uh, uh, Nathan comes to him I think it's in chapter 12 of 2 Samuel and Nathan says David it's been I think a couple of years since this has happened and he comes to him and he says David I'm going to tell you a story he said there was a man and he had he had one little ewe lamb and he loved that lamb it was the only one he had and he said another man came and he had all kinds of them he had as many as he could ever want he said, but he wanted that one, that man who only had one. And he said, he took him. And he said, he took it from that man. He said, now what do you think ought to happen? And David said, well, I think that man ought to be killed. How dare he? He had all that he wanted. How dare he go get that one man's little ewe lamb? And Nathan the prophet looked at David in the eyes and said, David, thou art the man. Thou art the man. David was confronted with himself when the mirror, so that wasn't Nathan's words, that was God's words. And when the mirror of God's word pointed back at David, he saw himself. He said, oh, I am the man. I am the man who robbed that little ewe lamb. I am the man. Oh, God help us tonight. There's been some times when I've had to look in the mirror of the word of God and say, I am the man. I am the man. Maybe not to the extent of David, but I've had to look into the mirror of God's word and say, I have done wrong, God. Your word reveals it to me. He said, thou art the man. David was confronted with his sin as he took a long, hard look in the mirror of God's word. In your home, let God's word confront you that you may see the faults and blemishes in your life. Confrontation was not all that David needed. What he desperately needed was cleansing. As a mirror, the word of God confronted, but as a sink of water, the word of God cleansed. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Can you imagine what it smelled like spiritually? in the kingdom of Israel, in the king's home for those two years. Can you imagine? David had committed adultery and covered it up. David had committed murder and covered it up. And David was out of fellowship with God. And David needed a bath. David needed confrontation and David needed cleansing. He was going to find both of those from the word of God. But can you imagine what it was like in that home for two years? Two years, everybody in that home had to know something's wrong. Something's not right. It smells in here. Why can't we get this clean? But You know what happens? People become accustomed to their own smell. 
and they get used to that. I remember one day I was we were knocking on doors and we went to a house and uh, I, I, I come to the to the porch and there was a cat in the windowsill laid up in the windowsill missing half of its fur. I said, mm. that was my regurgitation. Uh, mm. I knocked on the door because people with cats in their windowsills need, need, need an invitation to. I knocked on the door and they opened the door. Nice folks. They said, come on in. It was me and a man in the church. We went in. I didn't go far. I, I was hoping they didn't ask me to sit down. I'm not better than anybody. I just, I can't handle nasty. I can handle my nasty better than anybody else's nasty. But I don't like my nasty. I said, I'm from Crossroads Baptist Church and the place smelled. I, I, I know cats everywhere. Look, if you've got cats, that's one thing, but if you're going to have them, at least acknowledge the fact that they, that they are nasty or can be, so can dogs, and, and do everything you can to, to keep it from being nasty. Uh, I, I, I talked to them, and it smelled to high heaven. Horrible. Uh, hair everywhere. I, I, are you getting the picture I'm painting? I, 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 I couldn't handle it no more. Uh, I said, hey, thank you all. We've got to go. I had to get out. I was getting sick, literally getting sick. They had no idea. They live like that. Uh, when you live a certain way, everybody else can tell it, but you can't because you're accustomed to it. What I wanted to tell them was, look, let's, let's get the pressure washer, take everything out, and just start over. Start over. Uh, I couldn't tell them that. Uh, they, they never come to church. I wish they would have. They never did. Uh, but you can't, you, 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 you can't, you can't uh, tell. If you live some way for so long, you can't tell how bad it is. It's the same way in your spiritual life. The people in your house get accustomed to it being that way, and they don't recognize that it's supposed to be any way different. Here's what, here's what happens when they go off somewhere for a week and they come back home and they realize where I was at wasn't like where I'm at here. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know what needs to happen in that home? The people in that home in a spiritual bath. They need to look in the mirror of the Word of God and say, woe is me. They need to look in the mirror of the Word of God and say, what has happened? They need to look in the mirror of the word of God and hear God, the Holy Ghost, say, Thou art the man. You know what God will do? He'll take a preacher in your life and that preacher or that person in your life will say to you with authority, Thou art the man. And most people would rather get mad at Nathan. Can you imagine Saul ever taking that from Nathan? Don't tell me I'm the man. Oh, I am the man, but not like you're saying. See, when Saul was confronted with his sin, he would not get it right. David sinned worse than Saul ever thought about. David's sin is on a higher scale, at least how we would measure it, than Saul's ever was. But when Saul was confronted, he said, nope, not gonna fix that. When David was confronted, he bowed his head and he said, I have sinned. 
Oh, tonight, how we need the Word of God. Thank God for the... Thank God for the word of God tonight. There goes my Bible and my water. Thank God for the word of God tonight. That I can look into the pages of these 66 books and I'm looking, wanting encouragement because that's what we want, ain't it? I mean, I'm wanting encouragement. I'm wanting to praise God. I'm wanting, I'm wanting to hear the voice of God say everything's good. Everything's going to be all right. And sometimes it's that way, but every now and then, I, and many times, as a matter of fact, I'll look in the pages of the Word of God, and God will say, that's you. That's not me, Lord. Yeah, that's you. Oh, I'll have to take a second look. I'll have to take a double take. Lord, are you sure that's me? Oh, that's you. And it's been you for a while. Thou art the man. Oh my. Does anybody ever, anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? The Holy Ghost will say, now let me fix that. Oh, he's been faithful to clean it. He's been faithful to fix it. He's been faithful to wash me with his word. What we need tonight is to go home, go to our spiritual bathroom get made clean. In, the, in chapter 12 verse number 20 here's what we find after he's confronted God tells him through Nathan the baby's going to die David and out of your own house is going to raise up an enemy and it did happen through Absalom the baby's going to die though David the Bible said that David fasted he rent his clothes he fasted prayed, God don't take my baby I've sinned, I admit it, I know I have don't take my baby seven days went by the baby died on the seventh day the Bible said that the, the people in his house, they had seen how he had grieved, they saw how he had fasted they saw how he had prayed and begged God not to take the baby and, and, and they said, we can't go tell him that the baby's dead. He's, he's nearly lost his mind fasting and praying for this child. Now it's dead. But David perceived, the Bible said in 2 Samuel, he perceived that they were whispering. And he said, the baby's dead, isn't it? And they said, yes, David, the baby's dead. The Bible said that David, in verse number 20, <clears throat> he arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. They came to him and they asked him, they said, David, why are you worshiping now? Why are you not praying and fasting now that you've heard he's dead? He said, because he's dead. And I can't bring him back, but I know I'm going to where he is. And listen to this verse again. David arose from the earth. He arose from the dirt. He arose from the ground. And he washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Do you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like David made a trip to the bathroom. It sounds like David was confronted with his sin in the words of Nathan the prophet, thou art the man. David was confronted with the, the, product, or the product of his sin as his baby died. And when David was confronted, he went to the word of God, he went to the place of cleansing and he washed himself and he made things right and he went and he worshiped God. He said, I can't bring that baby back, but I can go to where he is. Sounds like David made a trip to the bathroom. There he was cleansed and made fresh. Make sure you have a bathroom in your Christian home. You need it. 
Your spouse needs it. Your children need it. Isaiah 1, 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Let me ask you a question tonight. Does your home have a spiritual bathroom, a place of quietness and solitude? You know something interesting to me about the bathroom? And again, not to be crude or vulgar, but it's a private place. You go there alone. I, I can't, I can't, I can't cleanse your sin and you can't cleanse mine. I got to go alone with God and wash you, make you clean. Does your house have a place, your spiritual home have a, a spiritual bathroom, a place of quietness and solitude, a place where God can speak and be heard? Go there often. Teach your family to go there. Learn to unplug, turn off and find this room of solitude that we might be confronted with our sin and made clean. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, know my heart, try me, know my thoughts, and Lord, I want you to look at me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, as I read the word of God, search me. I want to be right with you. I don't want to smell up my house. I don't want to smell up my family. I don't want to I don't want to hurt my testimony. God, look at me and show me. And when you reveal it to me, help me to make it right. Cleanse me. If we confess our sin, how are we going to know about our sin, the mirror of the word of God? If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You've got children. Don't let them, don't let them, you, you, you're the, you, you can't control their hearts. You can't control their hearts, but don't let them keep lying to you that everything's all right. Put them in as much church as you can get them in. Put them in as much spiritual environment as you can get them in. But you take the responsibility at home. All right? I'm going to, I'm going to be Nathan. I'm going to read this book. And I'm going to talk about this book. And I'm going to trust that God can take the word of God and speak to my children's heart better than I can. If there's an issue with your spouse... I'm going to, we're going to read the Bible. If there's an issue, we're going to read the Bible. We're going to let God confront us. And then I'm going to make dead level sure with the help of God that I'm as clean as I can be. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, be trying to get the splinter out of my brother's eye when there's a moat in mine. 
Lord, would you help us tonight? We thank you for the word of God. Lord, wash us, make us clean. Lord, my home, thank God there's a bathroom in our home. God, tonight we can go home and get a shower, get clean. It sure is nice going to bed right after a clean shower. It sure is hard to go to bed after a long day, work and sweat and not get clean. The sheets stick. Lord, sleep's uncomfortable. Lord, uh, it's a tossing back and forth restless night, but there's something about being made clean that makes everything all right. Sleep is better. Lord, I thank you for that tonight. God, if it's that way physically, surely it's that way spiritually. I know it is. God, we got a, we, we're talking about building a home. Lord, there's, there's different situations and scenarios in here. Lord, there's people that they're the only person in their home. Lord, they need to be confronted. Lord, they need to be confronted with their self and they need to be clean, whether they're the only one in their home or they're in a home with 10 other people. God, help us tonight, I pray. Lord, speak to us. Lord, I want to be right with you. Lord, that's our prayer tonight. We want to be right with you. God, would you help us? Lord, bring revival in our homes. God, we do a lot of yelling at our children, Lord. I know it, I see it, and I'm guilty of it too about things. The truth of the matter is, is we've got our own issues. Lord, may we confront ourselves with the word of God. May we get clean ourselves. Lord, you said if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us. But we'll have to be honest. David said, one of the greatest things he ever said, I have sinned. And when he said that, Nathan said, David, thou shalt not die. Oh, what would have been different in that story if David would have got mad, if David would have got angry, if David would have denied it? But he said, what we all need to say, I have sinned. He heard, thou art the man. And he responded, I have sinned. God, may we not be too proud to do that tonight. May we not be too proud to say, I have sinned. Oh, Lord, help us that we might be made clean. I love you tonight. I thank you for the wisdom of the word of God. Now, we have knowledge now give us wisdom to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I feel like I've been into the mirror of the word of God tonight. Now God help us tonight that he'd make us clean.